Welcome to the Moss Talk Podcast. Yeah. Hey, what's happening with the world? Welcome to another episode of the Moss Talk Podcast. I am your host, Mr. JJ Moss, and I got a very, and I mean a very special guest on the show right now. And this brother right here, I think I've told him this uh, countless times before, and I'm telling him again. I always feel like he's one of the most underrated producers, not just in Tennessee, uh, just not in it's not only in the southern region, but just period. And you know, what I'm saying my guy has been putting in work for a very long time. Man, he, he has produced on uh, albums for countless or uh, countless of artists. He's been doing his thing, and uh, we're gonna get to know more about him. We're gonna chop it up with him, man. So please welcome to the show today the one and only Dre, the boss bangers. What's happening, my guy? What's going on, world? What's good with you, man? Ain't nothing, man. Ain't nothing. Like I said, I appreciate you, you know what I'm saying, reaching out because like I said, you wasn't I'm saying you wasn't aware that you know say I had the podcast thing going on and you know what I'm saying chopping up with LBZ and stuff like that. I was like, when you hit me up, I was like, oh, that's a done deal. We can go and get this like cracking because I've always, of course, I've always been a fan of your production. Uh used to love when you go live on Facebook, just you know, cooking up before work and stuff like that, man. I used to love those, man. Yeah, and it, and I'm still doing it now. Ain't nothing changed. I've just you know been working a lot here lately, and so I ain't been able to get into it like I like I once did. But I'm still cooking up. Yeah, man, that's like that's very understandable. Like I, I mean, what I said, man, I definitely always felt like you're one of the most underrated producers. You know what I'm saying? Just coming out just in the game, period. And at due time, man, people are gonna definitely wake up and realize that you know what I'm saying they need to tap in with you, man. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely appreciate the love, man. No problem, man. Now, before we get into everything, man, before we chop it up and get to know more about you, man, uh, how's your family doing? How's your mental space? How's everything? Uh, everything's going good. Uh, like I said, we, we I just had a, a recent graduate, you know. And, Congrats, um, Everything's good, man. I have no complaints whatsoever. Same here, same here, man. Because even with, I'm saying, even if you're experiencing a little, a little bad, you know, I'm saying, I just try my best to still appreciate the good and with the bad. So, you know, so I just, you know, try my best not to complain about anything. With everything that's going on in the world these days, I just, you know, it ain't no room for me to complain. Uh, just gotta keep your prayers up, man, and put in the most high hands. That's all you need to do. What you said now, man, before we get to know more about Dre the Boss Bangers. I want to know uh personally uh how like what are your feelings towards uh just the current state of just uh the rap game right now? Well you know I'm from the old school so you know a lot of people when they tend to listen to music now uh they mostly tune into the beat they don't really just pay attention to what the, the artists themselves are saying. Whereas mm -hmm. I'm old school, so I listen to the message that's being sent across in your music. I look through the beat and what you if, if you actually teaching me something. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why I'm at, and it's more about awareness now, and I think it's slowly starting to get back to that where it was. I agree. I definitely agree because you know because I, we definitely we come from the same era. You know, mm -hmm. and, you know we come from the era where you know. 
okay, production was important, but their message was also important too. Like, you know, when you listen to a, a, a old school Starface record or something like that, or you listen to an old UGK record, uh, yes, they talking about, you know what I'm saying, things that's going on in the hood, but they also giving you like that social commentary too. Like, and, you know, just like you said, we that is slowly coming back. But I just realized I, I just wish that it, it was more of a balance because you know we got we get a little of that, but we get more of the the other stuff too, more of the BS stuff too. Right, right, all right. right. Now, uh, for those who might not be aware um, of just everything that you've done, like run down uh, the list of credits of people who you produced for. Man. Okay, I've done production for Tom Ski Mask, which a lot of people know he's from Memphis. He done did a lot of stuff with DJ Squeaky back in the day. Shout out to uh, Tom Ski. Oh, yeah. And also, uh, Mackie, the new boy, I did some production for him as well. Um, it's, a, it's just countless folks that I've done stuff for. I know those two in particular. Uh, Skinny Pimp, he's been featured on a couple of records that I've done. Shout out Skinny Pimp. And um, also, just a lot of people here locally. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I stay about an hour outside of Memphis, so I, I work yeah. with a lot of artists from Memphis. You know, as you said, LBZ, uh, Cody Crazy. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, the list just goes on and on. A lot of different connects in Memphis I don't work with. Ah uh, man, you kind of, um, you, you kind of already. I got one of the questions in there because I know that you say you like an hour and some change from Memphis. Um, how long have you had that uh, that connection to Memphis? Well, with Tom Ski Mask, it's been almost five and a half years, about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've done some production for him, and uh, as I said, Maggie. And uh, also, uh, we had a local group called Musical Dope Boys that I did some production for as well, which you might remember the, the album we put out called We Got That Work. Which oh, we're going to talk about that. I already got that in the notes. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Yeah, that it's it's I got a whole lot and I mean the list just goes on and on. I've been involved with doing music for over 20 years, so that's what I'm talking about right there. Mm -hmm. See, that's why this is this why this, you know what I'm saying, this this interview is important, man, because you know, a lot of people don't know the history of Dre the Boss Bangers. So like you might look young, but you've been here for you've been here for a while, man. You've been here for a while. Uh now with everything that what you've been in the game for so long and you I'm saying you see you've seen all the different eras and stuff like that. For you personally, what are some of the things that you can do without far as dealing with the music industry? Maybe it's been some stuff that you've had dealt with personally or you've seen someone deal with. What are some of them things that you feel like, you know, I can kind of do without that? Mm, well. I guess the one thing is like let's say if you got like groups the egos if the egos get pushed aside i think they'll definitely do some things because it seems like everything is cohesive until you make it big and that's when everybody kind of loses touches what made them you know what made the music special in the first place mm -hmm. i think that's one of the biggest things that sticks out to me oh man so i'm pretty sure you've seen that personally like you saw groups you know what i'm saying that chemistry was there that you know what i'm saying everything was just good and then once that little taste of success just come by or their attention and it just like 
crumbles everything. And like uh, that's what you know what I'm saying. Shout out to anyone who's probably a private uh part of a clique or a squad or anything like that. If you guys are able to keep that chemistry going, even with the success, man, salute to because especially these days with social media and stuff like that, the uh, attention is like the worst drug these days. Man. So it you really know, shout out to anybody who can keep it together. So I agree with you on that one, man. Oh yeah. Loyalty before everything. Right now, now uh, for those who uh, might not be familiar uh, with you, where are, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Bolivar, Tennessee, here in Hardeman County, which is an hour outside of Memphis. All right, a lot of the shows we've done, we done commuted to Memphis, uh, Corinth, Mississippi, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. We done did some shows in Atlanta, um, nice. of course, Memphis. <laughs> but oh, yeah, cool. just. Just just this little general area right here, nothing too major, but major enough. Hey, hey, you still, hey, you still put people alert. I'm saying, put people, uh, get that attention from other people. Let them know, hey, we got something going on down here. Now, uh, how would you describe uh, your upbringing growing up in such a small town? Well, you know, usually when you have a small town like this, everybody knows everybody, and that's basically how it is where I stay. It's it's not like Memphis where you. From Fraser and another person from Orange Mountain, y'all don't. Yeah. Totally, so it, it's like y'all in totally different cities. But, uh, you know, it's not like that where I stay. So, I mean, a lot of small towns are like 10 minutes from each other. And you may have a cousin or auntie that stay in this town over here. So, everybody pretty much knows everybody or either they kin to each other. Yeah. Uh, I did. When I checked the research, it's like you said, the population, like 5,000. I'm like, sheesh. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's, yeah, that's right. Hell, I was like, damn. So it is a, a small nick town. So basically, everybody definitely knows everybody. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Now, uh, far as uh, your upbringing, far as the household you grew up in, how would you describe that? Uh, basically, I grew up in a single parent home. I, a lot of my upbringing was done by my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace to my mom, which yes. she she been gone for over a year now, and but. I, I I put a lot of the dedication to her. She taught me to be the man I am today. And, you know, just to pay homage and respect to the people that are older than me and mm-hmm. people that try to put me on game, too. Oh, man. So I can definitely tell you were one of those individuals who did more listening than they did talking. Oh, yeah, man. She didn't, she didn't tolerate that. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Buzz wasn't going. She definitely wasn't going. Now, before there was ever a musical journey for Dre. Uh, what were some of the things you uh, were into as a kid? Uh, well, I, in high school, I, I mostly dealt with football. I played football. I kind of figured it. I kind of yeah. figured it. And then I also was in the band, too. I played uh, low brass trombone. Oh, okay. See, I played uh, played baritone. I played baritone. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, he called me uh, Baby Tuba, so... <laughs> Yeah, but like I said, I've been I've been in the music man for a long time. Like growing up, my mom used to listen to a lot of the Motown, oh you know, yeah, records and stuff, man. So I I got to hear a lot of blues and stuff like that growing up. So it kind of made me intrigued into making music. Oh man, uh, besides the old school stuff that you know, what I'm saying your mom's put you on. What was your first introduction to uh, just hip hop or just rap? Period. Well, I think my first introduction to hip hop was by my cousin. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a, he's a tad bit older than me. His name is Derek Smith. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, you know how most folks start. You know, he he tried to do a little rapping and stuff too. Mm-hmm. He himself, uh, uh, 
Concept Bear, I think it was. But mm-hmm. he, he did a little rapping and stuff. He he now does like the poetry stuff now where you where you do the um you, you know you have music playing in the background, you do your poetry that way. Yeah, like the open mics and just like yeah. poetry slam and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what he do now. But seeing him do that, that's what got me into it. And then I had some friends in uh elementary that also did a little rapping too. Like a lot of that, around that time, that's when you were hearing like Run DMC. L Cool J and all those all those type of rappers. Yeah, like, that was like the biggest influences back then, like that mid to uh, late eighties, right there. Right around that time, I was like in fifth grade then, so fifth sixth oh, grade. Man. So now, uh, for you, uh, when did you start getting into doing like wanting to get into uh, producing? Well, believe it or not, it started years later after I got out of school, uh, high school. It started mm-hmm. around the time I was, I was about 23, maybe 24. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a cousin, his name Big O, which he got his own label called Highway Hustle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to watch him make beats all the time. He had this old beat machine, a, DR, a Boss DR5. I don't know oh, if you okay. ever seen one of those before. But okay. that's, that's okay. where I used to watch him make beats. Uh, so you kind of watched and studied him. Right. And then I, I just asked him to start teaching me because it looked really intriguing. And I always wanted to learn how to do it because, you know, most folks were using Fruity Loops and that sort of thing to make beats at that time, too. So you you learned from, like, the, the origins of production. Because yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that Fruity Loop era. I definitely remember them demo days and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I, I dabbed in the fruit area a little bit too, though, but I got I count more on the hardware side of it. Now, uh, when you was in, uh, say you was uh, playing football and doing your high school years and stuff like that, uh, what made you not pursue it, you know, saying continuously as far as like going to college and stuff like that? Well, I know during the time I graduated, which was 1994, um, mm-hmm. I actually got, got a offered a scholarship to play at Lambda University in Jackson, Tennessee. They, they were trying to recruit me to play inside linebacker. But I ended up turning the scholarship down because uh, around that time, my mom had surgery on her on her wrist, and, and she wasn't working, so I had to step up and try to help her out. And so I just put off going to school and ended up going to technical school uh, at the Tennessee well, – at the time, it was called Tennessee Technology Center instead of the Tennessee College of Applied Science. Oh, okay. And I took a – Took up computer training now. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as you're studying and you're perfecting the craft of production, of doing being a producer and stuff like that, when did it hit you that, you know, you know what? I think I got something. I think I can really pursue this as far as it's being a full, like an actual producer. When I when I produced the very first, I used to be part of this group called Self Made Click. When I when I uh, it, we we pretty much did like most people do, we were downloading tracks at first. Mm-hmm. But after I, I, I got I got tired of doing that, and then it started getting with the copywriting and everything. So I said Ooh. I gotta learn how to make beats. I gotta learn how to make beats because I don't want to have to continue with this copyright stuff. So that's what really got me into wanting to learn and try to make my own beats as far as downloading from a. Uh, site like SoundClick at that time. And- yeah, yeah. I, 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 I remember them days. <laughs> them oh SoundClick days. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, now, you <laughs> said you was, you was a part of a uh, a rap group, Self Made Click. How did that come about? 
that came about uh i had this this guy named prophet well his, his rap name was prophet Grimm, but he's the very first artist i ever dealt with as far as recording he came mm-hmm. to me one day and, and uh he was like i need somebody to manage me and, and make beats for me i'm like well shoot i can do it I, I, i'm trying to learn how to make beats i said maybe we can do this together mm-hmm. so that's that's where it just blossomed out of there and then the next thing i know i had another guy i went to school with he approached me with uh wanting to do an album and that sort of thing because he said people want to give him a chance to shine i said well maybe we might be running into something and so then i already had my best friend he was kind of interested in rapping too so mm-hmm. before i knew it, we had about four or five members and we called this group self-made click and we we put out three albums uh during okay. that span. uh how long did that um did that last let's see it lasted about Probably about four or five years, I believe it was, because we put the group together in 2002. Mm-hmm. So it, it lasted at least to about 2005 or six, I believe it was. Now, going through that process of, you know, say putting out those three albums and you know, uh, produ- doing all that production and stuff like that for for the self made click. Uh, what were some of those uh, tries and trills that you guys uh, that you end up going through as far as dealing with the whole group thing? Well, one of the things I learned about, of course, was the copyright issue. It taught me about that because I didn't know a lot about that. The, uh, the, the business part. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like a lot of people think it's just a thing of getting in here, pushing the button and recording, but it's more to it than just doing it. I mean, that mm-hmm. business is a lot, lot serious. That's when I got to learn about the BMI and, and getting all this stuff set up, too. And, you know, and copywriting your songs before they actually get put out, you know, mm-hmm. be sold or whatnot. But it, it taught me a valuable lesson. Those those couple of years right there allowed me to get myself together to get things like they are right now. Now, um, when you guys was actually like moving and grooving and doing your thing, and then you say this is 2002, so this is definitely this is the CD era. Uh, oh, yeah. This did you guys uh, have any uh, opportunities to get radio play? Uh, of course, at that time, you know, uh, there was this radio station in Jackson. They had had like a paper play, which you can uh, yeah. song on there that way. And if it's hot enough, you know, they'll keep spinning it. And we had a few singles on there that got spinning on that on that radio station. Oh, man. And during them days, for those who might not be old enough to even remember or probably weren't even born yet, this is the CD era, and this is what, what, what we call the out-the-trunk era. This is the truly the independent ground people just don't know about. Like... It's easier now, far as the internet and streams and stuff like that. But I feel like that era was just something different, right there. Like that was a whole different era, and that was how you was able to, you know, what I'm saying, do hand in hand, and you know, what I'm saying, you playing your stuff as you selling your stuff out the trunk and stuff like that, and you you making connections and you building relationships with fans, and ain't no telling who you might run into. So I just feel like that whole era right there was just something, just something special. I can't even lie. It was because a lot of it was done on foot. Like a lot of, we, we hung up flyers in, in the store. Yeah, yeah posters. We and- give permission to hang it up. We would hang the flyers up. We, if we got permission to stand in front of the store, we sell CDs in front of there too. We just mm-hmm. went from town to town, just passing out CDs. I can remember going to, uh, She's my wife now, but at the time she was my girlfriend. We would, we would go to Gallenberg, and I asked him, like, can I leave a stack of CDs right here on your, your counter right here? Like, oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I ain't got no problem with it. Can I play one of them? Mm-hmm. I, said, I said, knock yourself out. 
Go ahead. I said, I said send me an email. The email's on the CD too. <laughs> I was like, sure. Uh, that's yeah. what's up. That's but you know, everything was done on foot then. You you didn't have you didn't have the platforms like you got right now. It's True. it's less footwork now. It is. It definitely is. It's made things more easier, but I just think like those days right there. Because I can remember when I was an inspiring artist, this is like a 05 era. You know what I'm saying? I can remember pressing up my three, four song little EP or mixtape, passing out uh, on Bill Street and stuff like that, and just uh, hanging up my flyers at the uh, University of Memphis uh, bulletin boards and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like, they just, that whole era was just something, it was something special. Like, that whole CD era. I, I can't lie, I slick listen. <laughs> I, I miss it myself because it was a lot of fun doing it at that time too. Yeah, the process was fun. Like the process was fun. Like uh, I'm saying, watching uh, watching someone uh, make your album cover and they print it out. I'm like, damn, this really mine. And it's like you just passing it out. People never heard of you. I'm like, okay. And then you know, you had your some people probably threw it away or something like that. Like pick it right up, give it to somebody else, man. Like it was it was just the whole process and the whole grind of it. Man. Yeah, it was something. Yeah. Can't get discouraged when stuff like that happens, though. You got yeah, to keep pushing. You definitely got to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. Now, after um, – now, what led to you guys, you know what I'm saying, just disbanding as far as self-made club? Well, the thing is, like, of course, a lot of people end up moving to different states and stuff like that. One of the members moved to Texas. He had got married and moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other guys, he, he left and went to California and pursued a boxing career. And then pretty much all of them started going out forming their own families and everything. It wasn't a lot of time for the music. So, I mean, it was just hard getting everybody together. So it, everybody just kind of slowly kind of went along their, their different paths. But we which still is, talk, talk to each other, though. Which is understandable, you know what I'm saying? Everyone, like, because it's different when you're younger. Like, you got all the time in the world to pursue this and record and do that. And not to mention, you guys put out three albums, which is very dope. Because most people don't even have a chance to put out a single. Right. Y'all got y'all put out three albums, and you guys was able to, you know, saying get some stuff or get some radio play. I'm pretty sure you guys did shows and stuff like that. You guys traveled the whole process of putting the posters up, selling hand to hand and stuff like that. So you know that that right there was like a that's like a cool cool thing right there, man. Right. Now for you after. Uh, you guys disbanded. What was next for uh for you after that? Well, right after that situation it ended like it did. Um, my nephew at the time he he was in high school, and one of his his buddies wanted to form a group, so I formed another group called Tennessee Pimp Click. Mm -hmm. And they released they released one album. They had a second one, but we didn't end up putting it out. But they did get one out, and they had a couple of singles on there. They, they actually did some traveling, too, and um, they did some shows with uh, this group out of Henderson called GMC mm -hmm. and a couple of other little areas around there close by. Okay, okay. Now, like one uh, of the, I know one of the singles that was real big off that album was called Stomp. Okay. Now, at this time, uh, as you're doing all this, uh, who like, are you like building relationships with people and stuff like that? Okay, I, I didn't hear the question. No, I'm sorry. I said uh, during this time, as you're like you you doing the uh, different groups and stuff like that. Um, 
outside of the uh the local people that you're uh dealing with uh are you building relationships with others like people from memphis and stuff like that besides the people that you named already okay i i still didn't hear the question clearly i don't, I don't know if I know something going on on that i'm sorry about that now i was asking um outside of the local talent that you was dealing with um mm -hmm. with were you building relationships with other like promoters and artists and produ uh, producers and stuff like that? Yes, I was um, during this time. You know, I, I would occasionally work with producers from from Memphis as well. I'm not sure if you know uh, uh, what's his name. Uh, can't think his name. I went blank. Uh, J Rod. J Rod. No, J Rod. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, I caught he, he taught me a lot of stuff too, and like you know, he done put out several mixtapes with artists he done had too. And he he had a lot of dope artists under him too, but I learned a lot lot of stuff from him. Oh man, uh, for those who like, how would you describe your production style? Well, the thing is, like, a lot of people that don't listen to my track, I try not to be too critical of the stuff I put out. I just let people listen to whatever I put up. Everybody tell me it's dope, and I just go based off what they tell me because I, you know, I got a humbling spirit. So, you know, I, I, I probably my own worst critic when it comes to list, me listen to. I'll be like, let me go ahead and change that high head up. No, nah, this snare don't sound right. No, nah, nah, <laughs> and then they might come back and be like, man, what you change that for? <laughs> like it's like that. It's definitely like that. You definitely your own worst critic. Like I like they might not hear a mistake, but you hear like you know what I'm saying. Like I don't like. I don't like how that sound. Let me turn this down or let me tweak this real quick. Like, so right. that's definitely understandable. Now, uh, uh, musical dope boys, how did that come about? Well, believe it or not, uh, the guy, one of the guys' name is Scott the Youngest Done. It was actually his his idea, and he just approached me with it one day because mm -hmm. I already I already had been recording him. He was actually under my cousin's label, Highway Hustle Records, but. I still did a lot of a lot of recording for him, like different songs. So he approached me with it. And he like, he said, Hey man, let's uh you want want to get together and form a group. I said, I said, I'm I'm game if you want to do it. I said, what you have in mind? So when he discussed it, I went and got some of my other friends, which it was two other producers. So we actually had three producers in this group, and then we had like four rappers. Mm. So which you know, they gave us a different variety of beats to throw in. You know those artists for the, the songs that come out now the uh album that you guys end up putting out uh what was the process of putting that together and how long did it take believe it or not with all those collective ideas we had the album pretty much together in about six months sheesh knocked it out and, and we had a lot of songs done we had to go through and actually pick out the ones we, we thought were the best so oh, had, that process. Okay, okay. Yeah, that process. We, we record. It's some songs that y'all hadn't even got a chance to hear yet that we get. Now, uh, when you guys now when you guys put out that album, what was the reception that you guys ended up receiving? Because I remember the whole process. I remember the promo and all that. I remember <laughs> all that. I remember. Oh, we got, man, we still get feedback on it now. Uh, but at that time, it was it was wonderful. Like especially like when we were shooting the videos for Let Them Hate and Wake Up. Yep. I, mean, I mean, I think it was something different for this era because nobody ain't seen that large of a group together come together like that and actually shoot something. 
and making it a reality. Like even the day we shot the video, we started out shooting the first scenes of it right there at Memphis, uh, FedEx Farm in Memphis. Mm -hmm. We had people that some of the business that wanted to get in pictures with us, and I thought that was a trip. <laughs> yeah, because they like like oh man, like who are you guys? Like they probably not even know not knowing, but like to to them like you guys like like damn, I think these like who are these guys? But they look like stars. Like and then that like that does something to you. It's like damn, make you feel good. It's like damn, like people don't even know who we are, but they wanted to know like what we got going and stuff like that. And it definitely is a great feeling. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, like every scene we stopped there, we we would just met with a crowd of folks that either wanted to be a part of the video or they want to be in pictures or the interview. Like, look, we did like little small video interviews where we posted up showing us shooting the scenes for the video too. Yeah, I remember. But, like even the scene that we shot behind the neighborhood where I grew up at, we had, like mm -hmm. a large crowd of folks walking down the hill. It, you, you probably seen the scene in the video. Like we walking down the hill. And somebody actually called the police on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, by the time we finished, man, I'm looking back. I see the police telling us behind us, and they're like, I like, I had to tell them, like, all right, everything's good over here. Y'all don't need to write no tickets or do anything. We're good over we, here. We're good. There, nothing is going on. There, there's not a problem, not an issue. This is not a gang fight or nothing like that. <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't nothing like that. But I'm telling you, man, there's so many folks over there. I mean, people out on their porch watching us and everything, but that, that just lets you know how big it was that particular weekend and how the reception was when we were shooting the video. I mean, it was definitely, it, it was a major movement. I'm not going to lie. Oh, man. Uh, do you guys ever uh, plan on uh, putting something out in the future? Like putting some more actually, of the out? There's actually been talk on new album. We actually released a single um, in January of 2020 called Married to the Game. Okay. Yeah, we did release a, a new single, but it didn't. You know, we didn't get a chance to really push it like we wanted to. But but it was the start of the next album we was probably doing. We actually got got some songs together for a second album, and there you go. Y'all could could be asking, man. Go and put it out. Go <laughs> put it out, man. Well, we we've been talking, so don't be surprised you see us go ahead and, and put something out there. But as as we always done in the past, we're gonna promote it real good, so you you'll definitely see. It. Facts, facts, facts. Uh, now, for those who might, like I said, for those who may not know, uh, name some of the people who was, you know, who came away from, came under your umbrella, far as like three or eight records and stuff like that. Who are some of the people that uh, people may not have heard of came from under your tutelage or came from under your brand? Um, some of the people that you, well, my nephew, uh, Taylor, man, he's one of them that came from under the umbrella. He's one of the guys that was part of the Tennessee Pimp Clip. Uh, he actually done got into the production side of it. He actually makes beats just like I do. Mm -hmm. And he still and he still raps here and there, but he mostly got into doing it and DJing now. And he also doing the video, the uh, media where he records music videos too now. Nice. Yeah, so. And then as far as that, um, there's a couple other guys still doing music, but they kind of like off doing their own thing right now, too. Uh, one, of, one of them that used to deal with me back at that time, a long time ago, was JL, which he's real big in this area as far as R&B. Like, he's, he's, he's been traveling all over the place. And, I mean, he's he's turning it up right now. Nice, and, nice. And shout, out, shout out to JL, too. Uh, that's that's dope, man. That's definitely dope. Now, for those who might want to get in contact with you, as far as want to get some 
some beats or some uh, some production from you, man? How can they contact you? Uh, you can reach me on the on Facebook under Dre Parham, or you can reach out to me on Instagram at Dre the Boss Bangers. Uh, same for Twitter as well. Um, and also, um, as far as I'm part of a production team as well too, called Hits Major. Yeah, so, I see that. Yeah, it's my nephew Taylor Main and also uh, Yellow Harris. Is is all three of us are producers for a Hits Major production team? Oh, okay. So, cool. If you need any production, we definitely got some snippets for you. You can just inbox. Nice. We we got a web uh, web page on Facebook too, so we, we you nice. can just look us up there. Now, anyone to uh, who's watching this on YouTube, I will have the links to Dre the Boss Banger in the description. So if anyone trying to get some production done, uh, features or anything like that, this is your guy. I will have the links in the description box, man. But I would just like to thank you for taking the time out your busy schedule to, you know what I'm saying, to be on my platform. My platform is yours. And if you need any promotion or anything like that, man, just get at me. You know, it's always love and respect over here. Uh, same here, bro. Like I say, I, I didn't know you had a podcast, man. And I, I definitely appreciate you offering the platform to, for people to get to know more about who I am and what I do. I mean, I mean, any artist that, that needs it definitely needs to reach out to you. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. Hey, send them my way. If anyone needs some promotion or something like that, hey, I'm always open, man. So send them my way. And the same way. Hey, I'm sending them your way. Most definitely, man. Appreciate that love, man. No problem, man. This is Dre the Boss Bangers. I'm JJ Moss, and we are out. Peace.